I love yeah. stories about the founders. They must have been tremendous people. I wish I could have. If we could go back in time, they right. would be two people I would like to meet. Right. I mean, when I think of them, I, I have read that they were attending an education conference. I don't know if it was the National Education Association or some conference in Nashville and took a country ride and happened to see this property, which at that time, I guess, was the mansion and a lot of grounds around it. And right. I guess made a decision to, to purchase it. Well, and they said it was the tower that did it, which okay. I love since the tower has ended up being our logo mm-hmm. um, and and really a, a sort of feature, I think, of a lot of what alumni think of when mm-hmm. they when they think of Belmont um, and all the things surrounding the tower. But they apparently when they when they drove onto the property just on a lark, something about the tower caught their attention. Here was this gorgeous mansion, mm-hmm. not in very good repair, apparently. Right. Um, weeds everywhere and um, all these gorgeous facilities. There was a bear house and a mm-hmm. bowling alley, all kinds of things, but apparently in disrepair. But they said it was the it was really the old tower that just caught their imaginations. And uh, that's I great. That. I had never heard that aspect. It, it's, uh, I mean, in the eighteen nineties, it was a bold step to take for two women to set up their own, in in some ways, a business. You know, right. Their their own enterprise. Right. Very much a business, um, even though they were passionately dedicated to education, but but clearly had to have all the business skills to figure out how to promote it and Mm -hmm. attract wealthy families who could afford Mm -hmm. Belmont College for Young Women. And um, the whole thing just amazes me and all kinds of intricate plumbing and um, they immediately began additions, um, right. began construction. So clearly they, you know, from the beginning figured out how to crunch the numbers pretty darn well. Yes, they, <laughs> did. they were, they were turning a profit pretty quickly and, um, attracting young women from all over the country. And yeah. it fascinates me that, that they, you know, really just two school teachers who, who were able yeah. to, um, figure out how to not only navigate the academic intricacies mm-hmm. but also as you say the the whole business realm mm-hmm. and all the all the pressure you know they must have faced tremendous pressure not only to be sort of a finishing school which they withstood but also to define the school in a certain more narrow way mm-hmm. and I know you and I have talked before about how they defined what they saw as their where they fit in terms of religious tradition mm-hmm. You know, did I think you said it better than I did yeah. that they Once. they were going to be non-sectarian but Christian, right? Yeah, right. Very very interesting to me that yeah. they from the beginning they wanted they wanted a big tent. They yeah. didn't want just one little narrow view of of the kind of girls they were trying to inspire. But there are themes and threads that take us from the very beginning through what we've emerged into today. It's not something totally different, even though we've grown exponentially and have all these so many different programs of study and so much uh, notoriety in various uh, arts venues and and uh, that common thread. And I, I think you're right. That does go back to the beginning. It's striking to me that we, the founders, we. It's not like we know a lot about them, mm-hmm. but. As far as we know, they, you know, they didn't come from moneyed backgrounds mm-hmm. or particularly remarkable situations. 
And and it just seems like over and over again that story, whether it's the the biggest donors to Belmont mm-hmm. or a lot of the leaders, a lot of the presidents through the years, a lot of the most remarked on names through Belmont history have really come from very difficult circumstances, mm-hmm. either dire poverty mm-hmm. or it's really interesting to me that it's from the beginning, I think Belmont has attracted people who are very creative, um, very entrepreneurial, very willing to try things a different way mm-hmm. and take a risk. Yeah. And I guess that's helped us survive during yes. a lot of the very lean yes. years. And I think that it, it will be important important moving forward to remember all of this, not just because this is our 125th anniversary, but just keeping that that legacy, preserving the past and, and remembering where where we've come from and, and how it's growing and changing, yet there's a constant continuum through, throughout all that we do and all that we try to teach our students. You see a lot of students come through the library. Uh, is there something you see you would love you hope that is continued for many more generations to come that you see, I don't know, a character trait or something about them that you see going back to the very beginning (laughs) to the founders and then that that you'd really like to see carried forward? I I think the desire to learn, the the love of learning. I've I've recently talked with some of our newer scholars and uh, they're just so excited to be here and just, I'm going to be living in the library and they're just really enthused about it and I I hope to see that continue even as the library itself and the way students obtain an education or do their research that kind of thing is is changing every day but that passion for learning I hope will continue. Mm-hmm.